Welcome to Freya's Fairy Tales, where we believe fairy tales are both stories we enjoyed as children and something that we can achieve ourselves. Each week, we will talk to authors about their favorite fairy tales when they were kids and their adventure to holding their very own fairy tale in their hands. At the end of each episode, we will finish off with a fairy tale or short story read as close to the original author's version as possible. I am your host, Freya Victoria. I'm an audiobook narrator that loves reading fairy tales, novels, and bringing stories to life through narration. I am also fascinated by talking to authors and learning about their why and how for creating their stories. We have included all of the links for today's author and our show in the show notes. Be sure to check out our website and sign up for our newsletter for the latest on the podcast. Today is part two of two, where we are talking to Nikki Ray about her novels. After today, you will have heard about reading with your grandmother as a buddy reader, reading other authors' work to learn what you like and don't like, buddy writing your novels, using existing resources to promote your book, various reasons behind pen names, dealing with people that don't like your book, and interacting with your followers. Fire Within, Beyond the Stage, Book One. Music brought us together six years ago. Our love existed between guitar strings and every beat of the music. Song lyrics spoke the words of our souls. Words only meant for us. He was a co-worker at my first job, a record store. So many great songs surrounded us. But I was only interested in what our song would become. With Kelly Shane, I found the first love song that filled my soul with fire, but he also introduced me to my first sad song, heartache that filled my veins with ice water. Marketing a new band has brought us back together. Going on a three-week tour with Kelly is not how I pictured our reunion. I'm not sure I can trust him to have my back, let alone confide in him. But what worries me the most? What if my heart decides to trust him without my permission? Just had a book release, so what are you working on now? So a few things. My book that just released um, is uh, Second Chance Romance. It's called Fire Within. Um, but it also, so I started writing this book uh, during, you know, COVID when everything was shut down. I'm a huge mm-hmm. music fan. I love going to concerts. I couldn't go to concerts because no right. one was, you know, everything was closed they all down. Got canceled, yeah. They all got canceled. So I actually wrote concerts into this story. So this first story, Fire Within, is about is a second chance romance. It's about, you know, they start working at a record store together. You know, their lives like literally revolved around each other because of music. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they meet back up um in marketing for music and they're going on tour with this band. Okay. Um, so that's kind of the, how the second chance romance story comes into it. But um, the band of the story decided they needed their own stories. Uh, so that's what I'm working on now. I'm working on the continuation <laughs> of <laughs> the continuation of that story. Um, <laughs> there will be three more books, one per band member. Right. Um, but also, um, I know I just mentioned my book, Angel Face, who is an assassin. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's a second story to that one, um, that I'm working on as well. That one's a lot more complex. I, I generally am a working lot more on... research. I imagine. <laughs> yes. Um, I generally do I mean, work on, you could do that type of story without the research, but then you're going to get bad reviews because yeah. 
<laughs> Absolutely. They're going to, yes, you have to make sure you dot your I's and cross your T's because they, people will know and they will tell you. Um, but I generally am working on more than like a couple of stories at a time. And mm-hmm. most of the time it's like a happy story that, you know, like a romance that, you know, makes you happy. And then I have the complex story that I can go back and forth on that way. My kind of keeps my mind a little bit fresher. I don't know if right. that makes sense. Well, but then when your brain feel. starts to hurt from the one, you can go to the lighter one. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so I'm working on, um, so the next book in the in the so the fire within the the actual series name is beyond the stage so i'm working on the second book in beyond the stage which is going to be called fire below um which is the band name um and then i'm also working on the second book in um angel face the series name is a life in the crosshairs and so i'm working on the second book in that one that does not have a title yet The working title is Decker, um, but I do not think that's what it's going to be. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not far (laughs) enough in yet to make that decision. So (laughs) that is a title on my document. And that is. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I was working on one in my working title. He says some like snarky comment about like, uh, what is this, a romance novel, how the boss fell in love with the experiment. And so I'm like, working title, how the boss fell in love with the experiment. But I'm like, it's not a romance book. So I'm like, I don't, that's too romancy of a name for it to be a not romance book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, that's definitely working. It's going to have to change. The title cannot be that. But... Yeah. Hey, you never know. I've seen long titles like that. Sometimes it works. But... I mean, you know, Court of Thorns and Roses is... Really, I saw one the other day. I don't remember what the title was, but the cover was just like, and it wasn't big words, but like the cover had so many words on it. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, <laughs> the covers, the covers so busy. They're like, why did you pick a name so long? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah, but then well, if that's gets... why I like uh, Nikki Ray is um a pen name for me because my mm-hmm. last name is long and originally I was using my my last name when I was like that just looks like too much on the cover so I just changed <laughs> I used a pen name because of that so I mean I don't really care if people put my two names that you know figure out who I am or whatever I, yeah. I don't really care about that it was just because Nikki Ray is such a shorter name than my last name um and it looks better on the cover. <laughs> well, Freya is not my real name, <laughs> but my last name is so distinct that, like, I am the only person of my name you will ever be able to Google. Gotcha. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, my day job occasionally runs background checks. Maybe I don't want them to know that I'm narrating yeah. spicy romance books. Yeah. Same with my family, some of them. So I just don't use my name. <laughs> hey. Yeah. I did like five. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people do use uh, pen names because yes. they don't want the two connected, but that's not really my thing. I don't really care. Yeah, so I started my, my first five narrations I did under my name, and then I was like, okay, we need to make another name. So then I made another name, and that's where two of my podcasts are hosted under that name. And then Freya, once like I told my family about the podcasts and the other name. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I have an author. I'm my first fiction author that I get. She's like, I also have this like Fifty Shades type book that I'm like <laughs> writing. And I also want you to narrate that. And I'm like debating whether I should have another name for spicy romance. And then I'm yeah. like, OK, we're definitely going to have to have a different name if we're doing Fifty Shades type books. 
Um, and so <laughs> came up with this name, and now just all of my fiction is all under Freya. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started this podcast for, like, similar to you. I wanted a way, um, another way to help authors kind of talk about their books and get their stories out there that mm-hmm. maybe they wouldn't. I mean, some of them I have had that I've also interviewed on other podcasts and stuff, but it's just a different way that I know some podcasters will charge the people to guest on their show. I do not. I do not Um, either. But (laughs) there are some that charge for that. But I'm like, I'm I just want a way to I mean, I've interviewed authors that I've narrated for. I've interviewed like I didn't narrate for you. You found me (laughs) based on another author that I talked to a couple months ago. Yeah. So, um, you know, just another way for your book to get out there. My audience Mm -hmm. and your podcast's audience may be the same. It may be totally different. So it's just another way that's not social media, somewhat still dependent on an algorithm because you're still trying to get, you know, people to find you. Right. Um, But then I've also attempted to learn a little bit about like SEO and trying to get, you know, where your blog posts are found and stuff like that. And so occasionally... I have like the Google alert set up for my names and I'll always get Google alerted my own podcast pages. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) like, yes, I'm aware that that's out there because that's mine. But thanks. (laughs) Thanks for letting me know. Thank you so much. Now, there is an ASMR lady. Typically, when I was picking names to pseudonym under, I'm like, it needs to not be a famous person. Mm -hmm. I need to be able to own the domain. I don't want to have to own... Freya's Fairy Tales, the podcast, or Freya Victoria, the narrator. Like, I don't, I want it to be like, you know, shorter. Like, that mm-hmm. is what I want. And so, as I'm trying to like, you know, pick these names, I found, you know, Freya Victoria worked out well. Um, but there's an ASMR lady that also uses the name. And apparently, according to Google Alerts, she also has an OnlyFans. Oh. And those, those photos have been leaked. <laughs> so, oh. So at one point it was like, nudes of Freya Victoria got leaked. And I'm like, not me. Definitely not me. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I'm like, we, we're not going to click on those links. We're not going to see what that is. Yeah. But then occasionally I'll get like some random because it'll have, you know, some Freya, not the same last name, and then someone Victoria or Victoria something or other. Like it gives mm-hmm. you all these random things as well. But um, I know that she is out there, but she does not own her own name as a domain. So that's on her, not me. Right. Um, and then there's also a F- Freya fairy tales or something that's like, um, it's a blog. She does like stickers, I want to say. Like she does something I don't know. Mm. Um, didn't even come across that at all because <laughs> Freya's fairy tales didn't think to search just Freya by itself. But we're two very different. Mine is all like darker colors and then the hot pink and themed stuff, and hers is like all light and happy fairy tales. <laughs> oh. I'm like I like to do the at the end of each episode, I'll do ideally a fairy tale or short story close to you know little red riding hood um <laughs> if 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 there is one out there i haven't already done um but those original fairy tales are dark like yeah. most of them are dark yeah so, <laughs> i was like i didn't want a light happy like website and all of that when like all these fairy tales are disturbing for yeah. the most part so yeah. <laughs> i actually there was i don't know if you saw it but there were um um, I can't remember the exact name of them, but they were they were fairy tale retellings. Um, it was just like an anthology, and they were dark 
themed fairy tales and I was like oh my gosh this is like heaven for me because <laughs> I, I don't know I love reading darker stories I've come um, across a couple I narrated one that was a Pied the Piper mm-hmm. one um, but that author also did like Phantom of the Opera and other like fairy tales gotcha. there's one going around TikTok right now that's actively writing these dark fairy tales I don't remember who the author is though mm-hmm. okay yeah I don't know I just love them um, dark and twisted f- I don't remember what it was called, but it was very good. They had a ton of authors like Aletha Romag and um, CJ, CJ um, Roberts was in there. Um, there was a ton of them and it was so good. I loved it. I think my first retelling that I ever came across was the Marissa Meyer, Cinder, Scarlet and their um, bionic. Not oh, okay. completely, but like one will have like a bionic leg or a bionic eye. Okay. Um, and it's loosely based but it's Uh still like you know cinder and scarlet and like all these different characters and it's they're all they all tie in it's one overall Mm storyline um so it'll be like cinder starts it off and then they'll run into like the next character or whatever so it just keeps going on this series those are the first retellings that i ever came across and then i wanted to read all the retellings because i'm like it's so good and now i'm like i want to narrate all the retellings because i love them so much yeah they are (laughs) i love them too i i hear you they're so good most of everyone i've read have been so good yeah yeah i know who i I really can't remember who the one so that's you're talking about an anthology yes um so i had run across she's doing full length dark Mm -hmm. retellings so they're you know full things Mm-hmm. Um, I can't I can't remember who the author is. Well, that's interesting. I'll have to look into that. I haven't. I'm sure I'm sure if you searched dark fairy tale retellings, there's probably a lot of authors oh, that do I'm, them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. And you don't really have to when the story starts pretty dark. You don't really have to do a whole lot of stretch to get there. <laughs> like, right. No. So- I did the uh, the original Beauty and the Beast for Patreon content because it was like. It ended up being like nine hours of audio to finish that whole story. Oh, wow. Um, and it was it's so much more than the like short version that we get from um, I think it's Charles Peralt that that rewrote it. Um, but it's it's so much shorter, the story mm-hmm. that like most of us know, which, you know, Disney made happier and whatever. But um yeah, the original, it's darker. It's way, mm-hmm. way longer. <laughs> and there is not a singing teacup to be found. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> That's I had someone was like, but is there still a, you know, singing things? And I'm like, no, there's no singing. <laughs> no singing. <laughs> the birds, I think, tweet or whatever. But <laughs> I think that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Funny. I appreciate the the songs that are then made for it, but most of the stories do not have that. And then like Cinder- I've done Cinderella a couple times and all of those versions have like, you know, the the original telling of Cinderella, they like to fit their feet into this shoe, they'll like cut off the toes or the ankles. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, he doesn't notice that anything's wrong until he sees the blood coming out of the shoe. <laughs> And you're like, right? Was she not limping? Like, did that not get away? Because if I'm cutting off parts of my foot, I'm going to be limping. Right. It's going to hurt pretty bad. Yet logic apparently doesn't come into these stories. <laughs> Who 
needs logic? <laughs> They're all to teach you some kind of a lesson to scare the tar out of you. So. Right. <laughs> That's so funny. So what is one piece of advice that you would give to yourself starting or give to some other author starting or maybe needing help continuing on in their story? What is advice that you would give? Um, have patience with yourself. You're learning. Uh, we all are still learning. I've, like mm-hmm. I said, I have been writing since 2014 and I learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but have patience with yourself. And I would say learn to have thick skin. I hate saying that um, because I really wish that wasn't a part of the job. Mm-hmm. But, you know, not everyone's going to like your story and that's okay because there's going to be a ton of people who do. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the people who don't like your story are not going to be afraid to tell you about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's also okay. Cause that's where you, that's where you grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not always fun to read those, <laughs> to read that. Yeah. I've, um, I've said like with that, um, if you're getting just people not liking your book, that's going to happen. Like, not oh, everybody yeah. likes every story. If you're getting a consistent, this is the problem with the story, maybe you should reevaluate. I mean, it's yeah. the same. Like, I, I, had a, I did a live yesterday and someone was like, all of her sentences sound the same. This is boring. But then ev- everybody else after that was like, oh, my gosh, I love how she's narrating this. Mm-hmm. So it's like you need consistent for well one constructive criticism would be nice compared to just being mean right. which is what most of them do <laughs> right i'm like i have no problem with constructive just being like i didn't like it is not constructive right <laughs> but we always take it to heart because we sure. put our, our heart into it <laughs> exactly you you put so much time and effort into your craft and you feel like you know what you've written the book you've polished it you know whatever polishing looks like to your to your book Mm -hmm. and then you you know you're ready to send it out into the world and then you know someone was you know may say some bad things about it and so of course that's going to you know lay on your heart a little bit that's Mm -hmm. that's normal that's a normal reaction, but you know, you just take it, like you said, unless it's something that someone is saying consistently, people are saying consistently about it. You just kind of have to take it with not, I don't want to say take it with a grain of salt, read it, understand it, absorb it, whatever you're going to do, but you got to move on. You know, you can't, you can't live in that world. Um, so, and I tell people too, a lot, you know, when I'm looking at reviews for a book, First of all, reviews for books don't drive me to purchase a to purchase a book with uh, because I don't look at them at first. Mm-hmm. I, I look at the cover, I read the synopsis or blurb or whatever. I take recommendations from friends, but I, mm-hmm. the reviews don't really drive me. And that's different for everybody. You know, everyone's going right. to have their own way of purchasing books. But then I will go and look at the reviews. And, you know, there's a lot of times where I'll see, oh, well, this, I don't like this because of this, this or this. And I'm like, well, that actually worked for me. I really love yeah. that, you know, because no one, no two people really read the same book. It, you right. know, it comes across to to different people differently. And so when I say take it with a grain of salt, I don't necessarily mean don't look at it or don't, you know, read it or understand what it's saying. It's just like, 
That is their opinion. Put everything through a lens of, is that opinion or is that a problem? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's kind of what I tell people, too. So. That's, I had, most authors do not get this many reviews, but A.K. Mulford had said, oh, I just read the first, like, thousand reviews and then I stop <laughs> reading after that. And I'm like, most people aren't dealing with that number. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, like I my just audiobooks. Book. I think like eleven is the highest I have on audiobooks so far. So. Reviews are very hard. Yeah, that's another thing. Like you know, generally you can expect maybe um, a third of a third of the people review your book. Um, I just had, I like I said, I just had a book come out a couple of weeks ago, and I'm still I have one review I think, which is not a third of what you know uh what I sold but it's it's just um that's getting reviews is I think the most difficult um yeah part of releasing the book it's very difficult because you know that's something for the reader the reader's going to post the review if they want to they don't have to right. um and and a lot of people don't so they don't yeah. I, and I know it's because first of all maybe they don't have time you know whatever but they also don't understand how leaving a review affects the book um as far as you know their review being a recommendation to somebody else or you know the more reviews you have especially on amazon the more um the more uh it helps the ranking doesn't it well it does help the ranking but it also like the, for the algorithm part of it um it's more amazon puts you know, might send out, I think it's once you get 50 or 100 reviews, they'll add it to their emails. Oh, mm. you know, this new release or whatever. Um, so they'll, so they'll start doing some, a little, a little bit of free marketing for you once you get to a certain number of reviews. So, mm. I mean, and that's not something a reader would know, you know, right. an author would know that, but. Um, well, that's something yeah. that I'm looking for on ACX when I'm looking through like books to, re to uh, audition for. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll like, I'll go through the audition and it's like a giant list. So I'll like narrow it down to like it at this point, only fiction. I need it to be longer because I'm booked so far out that like, mm -hmm. I don't think anyone who has a less than three hour book is going to wait or want to wait for their book. Yeah. Um, and so I'll open up, you know, all the ones like, ooh, that cover's pretty or that name looks interesting or whatever, you know, open up all the ones that meet that criteria. And then I start looking at like, when did the book release versus how many reviews are there? Are the reviews good or bad? Yeah. Like if your book released six years ago and you have one review. Yeah, that that's that means you're probably not. I mean, I realize that less people review than buy. Yes, but that d means you're not selling a whole lot of copies at all. Yeah. So how's the audiobook going to Yeah. You're, so I'm like, how's the audiobook going to do? Right, yeah. right. So especially when I'm dealing with like royalty share, I'm like, I'm not going to, not that I won't do it at all, but it's like, I'm not going to put in the time to audition for something when I don't think that you're going to be putting in the effort to sell the something. Now, occasionally right. there will be a note like, hey, I'm completely revamping everything and I'm going to start, you know, doing this, this and that to promote it. Mm -hmm. That's that's different. And you take that into consideration. But I've also seen a couple that it'll be like two stars for this book. And I'm like, uh, that means even if there's a lot of reviews, if you're got real low stars, something's wrong with it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And that's I've I've had some where I had to say, hey, you need to take this to an editor first, because it takes 
I can do a little bit of editing like as I'm reading and like that's okay. Like, oh, the word two was in that sentence twice and it shouldn't have been or what like those kind of changes are not that big of a deal. But like if if it's really, really bad, it takes me like two to three times as long just to read it because I'm trying sure. to like figure, figure out, out what, what you're what trying is to this say. Saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. I think that's another thing too. Like when you first start writing, you don't really understand that if you have, if you, you know, get something that'll read it back to you or you read it to yourself, that's a lot easier to make changes because you're hearing mm-hmm. what the issues are. So that's something that I uh, learned the hard way. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen and even I've seen people talk about just like editing it in a different way. So if you like write it on a computer, print it out and edit Mm -hmm. it that way or, you know, put it on your Kindle and read through it that way or listen to it or, you know, read Uh it aloud or whatever. Yeah. Um, You know, just some different method than how you originally wrote it. At some point, it doesn't have to be a different time every time you read through it, but. Right. It's just, you you know, by the time you actually release your book, you have read it so many times that if that (laughs) word is not there, your mind is going to put it there. You know what I mean? So it's very easy to not catch little things. Um, The bigger things, you know, a misspelled word or plot holes. I mean, those are a lot easier to catch than, you know, like you said, you have two two instances of the word two in the same sentence sometimes it's it's less sometimes it's not as easy to catch those because you've read through it so many times that your mind just automatically changes that for you and you're like oh that's right and then you go back and you're like how did I miss this (laughs) well that's I always have that conversation like Some narrators won't do this. They'll just read it as it is on the page. But I always have that conversation with authors at the beginning. Like, if I come across something that's an obvious, oh, it should have been this, do you want me to just change it? Do you want me to ask you for every instance? Like, how do you want me to handle those? Yeah, (laughs) that's a good idea. And some, some, they want it, like, there's one platform that I'm on that keeps sending me books that it has to be word for word no matter what. And I'm like... That's exhausting. (laughs) Yeah. If if your book has words out of order or whatever, it's going to not want to come out of my mouth that way. (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because when you're reading it out loud, you're going to stumble on something Mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense. That's why I, you know. Yeah, then usually I stop the audio and then I'm like sitting here staring at the screen (laughs) like, what does this say? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So if you had the time to sit and analyze your entire book one sentence at a time like that, you'd be good. At the end of the day, I think it is always wise to have one other set of eyes on it. Oh, for sure. 100%. Doesn't have to be a bunch of people, but just one other person at least to whether you're paying them as an editor or they're a beta reader or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, just someone else to, hey, why'd you say this? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. And sometimes I have like one one guy that I narrated for, um, he's a little bit older, um, but he used some sayings in the book that I had never heard before. So when I narrated it, I had no idea that that was a saying that was supposed to have a particular cadence to it. Uh, oh, so he'd yeah. be like, hey, he would send me a voice message on Facebook Messenger. And he'd be like, hey, you're supposed to say that like this. And I'm like, oh, 
That's I just assumed it was a string of words. <laughs> like <laughs> That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that's it's things that you don't think about, but that then happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also had some where it's like, I've never heard it said that way. Is that like some, you know, maybe Midwestern way to say that phrase? And they're like, you know, the author will be like, yeah, that is. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, I've always heard it this way. I'm from the South. So like, I don't know. I've mm-hmm. never lived all over the United States. I don't know what other <laughs> places sure. might yeah. say it differently. Yeah. Or I've done a couple books from like British authors that write it and, you know, they mm-hmm. might change out different words. And I'm like, well, you wanted an American narrator, but you've got me reading British words in an American accent. So. <laughs> well, that that would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think the most prominent one was Torch. I had to say torch for flashlight in one book. Oh, okay. Um, and that I was like, I knew that ahead of time that that's, but then like elevator is a lift and uh-huh. like there's just a couple different things that it's like, that's not how we say it, but okay. <laughs> just <laughs> sure, I'll do whatever. Read it as it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. It's like, there's so many things you just don't think about ahead of time. Like you read a book and you're like, you know, you enjoy the story and, um, you may remember the story. I'll I'll have like I'll read a book and then later on, like years later, I'll have like scenes replay themselves in my head. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, what book was that from? So that I can go read it again because if it's stuck in my head, it's gonna be it's like if a song gets stuck in your head. Like sure. let's listen to it a thousand times so that we're right. so sick of it uh-huh. that it'll leave, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I do that too. So or I will write a book understand. about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what is so your book just released two weeks ago. So what are you doing right now to help promote the book? Well, um, before it was released and a little bit after it re- was released, it was on NetGalley. Um, but it was on NetGalley. I've put out some ads. I, it was on um, a new release alert on BookBub. Um, and... I've had some ads on Instagram and Facebook and it's been on TikTok. Yes. So to be honest with you, there was the best performance um, was uh, first by TikTok, which seems to be like a juggernaut for uh, books right now. Mm-hmm. Um, my NetGalley did okay. Like I had a lot of downloads from NetGalley. Um, I have not gained a lot of reviews yet I don't know what's going on with that like I have one or two but that's not even close to the amount of downloads I got so I don't really know what happened there um slow slow readers maybe maybe it could (laughs) be um and Facebook ads really didn't do well this time I don't know what the issue was Instagram did a little bit better Okay. And so what kind of, you said uh, TikTok's kind of doing the best. So what, what kind of videos are you doing for TikTok? Well, um, I had, uh, when I first, before it came out, I had a book video made. So it kind of just, um, so I put that on TikTok And then like I, and then I, um, had, I just took like a screenshot of one of the pages, um, that I thought was interesting. Like the entire page was interesting. Um, and I posted that as a video. 
Um, and then I'm going to do actually the book. I don't know when this um, episode is going to air, but on Des- November the December. I think. Oh, December. I think. Okay. Um, well, anyways, by by then the book will be in Kindle Unlimited, and so here, okay. um, in the next um little bit, I'll be making some videos about the book going into Kindle Unlimited, okay. um, and stuff, and and you know, start promoting that a little bit. Okay, and so are you like trying to stay consistent with like posting across social media like every day, a couple times a week, once a week? Like, yeah, <laughs> what's I your mean, I, strategy? I, yeah, I post a couple of times a week. I try to do, I try my best. It doesn't always happen, but I try to, <laughs> you know, post something like promoting the book, but I also want to try and post some things that's like interactive with the followers, not mm-hmm. having to do with my book. Cause I don't want it just to be like, you know, straight book promotion because I feel right. like that's not, that's not like, you know, good. Um, it works for, for some it doesn't yeah. work for others so yeah and you know I feel like too because I'm not I'm not a big name author I feel like the more that I interact with my followers mm-hmm. the more I'm going to be upfront for them right um as far as they're going to actually see my post where if I'm just straight for me anyways this is how it works for me if I'm just straight posting promotional um promotional posts um i feel like those are not gonna have any really a whole lot of interaction or at least this is what i've seen it's not gonna have a whole lot of interaction but if i kind of mix in with the promotional posts and just you know like interaction posts Mm -hmm. i feel like i get a little bit more um viewership or you know more uh, interactions that way that's Mm -hmm. what works for me when I've noticed part. too, like I just did, I had been doing like a string of one minute videos. So I typically uh-huh. try to post Monday through Friday. Like those are the days that I narrate. So like I get in the booth, I warm up, I post a TikTok. If I'm doing a book appropriate for live, I'll then narrate live. Um, but I had been doing a string of like one minute videos. And yesterday I was like, well, I don't really have a lot to say today. So I did a 15 second video mm-hmm. and it got like double the views that I had been getting. So I'm yeah. like, Ugh. then I'm like, it's so irritating because like at the beginning I would do all three minute videos and like no one would watch through the yeah. three minutes of me blabbing about whatever. So <laughs> right, <laughs> like, I try to stay away from the three minute videos just yeah. because I feel like it's like just because I feel like TikTok is just like. If you don't catch them within the first few seconds of the video, they're just yeah. going to flip, you know? So I yeah. try to keep it as short as I can, but with the most content I can. So I try really hard to stay away from the three-minute videos. Right. Well, and my brain does not work in the, let's put out a big, like, information-packed video that everybody's going to, like, want to know all these tips. I'm like, I don't have the brain capacity to, like, plan that ahead of time. Yeah. So like, mine will be, like tips and tricks for narrating like this is what I'm doing today this is how I'm getting ready for this book you know like those kinds of things is more like what I post Mm -hmm. Um, very rarely it'll be about my own writing stuff because I haven't been writing lately so Mm -hmm. that's not there um but yeah I'm just random I am the like what you shouldn't do on your social media yeah I I I admit I don't I don't post as much as I should but I do what I can, you know. Yeah. Have a good day. You too. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Nikki liked dark fairy tales growing up. 
Among the dark fairy tales, we can find The Frog Prince, or Iron Henry. It is a German fairy tale collected by the Brothers Grimm, and published in 1812 in Grimm's Fairy Tales. Traditionally, it is the first story in their folktale collection. The tale is classified as Arne Thompson Type 440. Today we'll be reading The Frog Prince by the Brothers Grimm. Don't forget, we're reading Les Mortes d'Arthur, the story of King Arthur and of his noble knights of the round table on our Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. The Frog Prince One fine evening, a young princess put on her bonnet and clogs and went out to take a walk by herself in a wood. And when she came to a cool spring of water that rose in the midst of it, she sat herself down to rest a while. Now she had a golden ball in her hand, which was her favorite plaything, and she was always tossing it up into the air and catching it again as it fell. After a time, she threw it up so high that she missed catching it as it fell, and the ball bounded away and rolled along upon the ground, till at last it fell down into the spring. Princess looked into the spring after her ball, but it was very deep, so deep that she could not see the bottom of it. Then she began to bewail her loss and said, Alas, if I could only get my ball again, I would give all my fine clothes and jewels and everything that I have in the world. While she was speaking, a frog put its head out of the water and said, Princess, why do you weep so bitterly? Alas, said she, what can you do for me, you nasty frog? My golden ball has fallen into the spring. The frog said, I want not your pearls and jewels and fine clothes, but if you will love me and let me live with you and eat from off your golden plate and sleep upon your bed, I will bring you your ball again. What nonsense, thought the princess. This silly frog is talking. He can never even get out of the spring to visit me, though he may be able to get my ball for me and therefore I will tell him he shall have what he asks. So she said to the frog, Well, if you bring me my ball, I will do all you ask. Then the frog put his head down and dived deep under the water, and after a little while he came up again, with the ball in his mouth and threw it on the edge of the spring. As soon as the young princess saw her ball, she ran to pick it up, and she was so overjoyed to have it in her hand again that she never thought of the frog but ran home with it as fast as she could. The frog called after her, Stay, princess, and take me with you as you said. But she did not stop to hear a word. The next day, just as the princess had sat down to dinner, she heard a strange noise. Tap, tap. Plash, plash. As if something was coming up the marble staircase. And soon afterwards, there was a gentle knock at the door. And the little voice cried out and said, Open the door, my princess dear, open the door to thy true love here, and mind the words that thou and I said by the fountain cool in the greenwood shade. Then the princess ran to the door and opened it, and there she saw the frog whom she had quite forgotten. At this sight, she was sadly frightened, and shutting the door as fast as she could, came back to her seat. The king, her father, seeing that something had frightened her, asked her what was the matter. There's a nasty frog, said she, at the door that lifted my ball for me out of the spring this morning. I told him that he should live with me here, thinking that he could never get out of the spring. But there he is at the door, and he wants to come in. 
While she was speaking, the frog knocked again at the door and said, Open the door, my princess dear. Open the door to thy true love here. And mind the words that thou and I said by the fountain cool in the greenwood shade. And the king said to the young princess, As you have given your word, you must keep it. So go and let him in. She did so. And the frog hopped into the room and then straight on. Tap, tap. Plash, plash, from the bottom of the room to the top, till he came up close to the table where the princess sat. Pray, lift me upon chair, said he to the princess, and let me sit next to you. As soon as she had done this, the frog said, Put your plate nearer to me that I may eat out of it. This she did. And when he had eaten as much as he could, he said, Now I'm tired. Carry me upstairs and put me into your bed. And the princess though very unwillingly, took him up in her hand and put him upon the pillow of her own bed, where he slept all night long. As soon as it was light, he jumped up, hopped downstairs, and went out of the house. Now then, thought the princess, at last he is gone, and I shall be troubled with him no more. But she was mistaken. For when night came again, she heard the same tapping at the door, and the frog came once more and said, Open the door, my princess dear, open the door to thy true love here, and mind the words that thou and I said by the fountain cool in the greenwood shade. And when the princess opened the door, the frog came in and slept upon her pillow as before, till the morning broke, and the third night he did the same. But when the princess awoke on the following morning, she was astonished to see, instead of the frog, a handsome prince— gazing on her with the most beautiful eyes she had ever seen and standing at the head of her bed. He told her that he had been enchanted by a spiteful fairy who had changed him into a frog and that he had been fated so to abide till some princess should take him out of the spring and let him eat from her plate and sleep upon her bed for three nights. You, said the prince, have broken his cruel charm and now I have nothing to wish for but that you should go with me into my father's kingdom where I will marry you and love you as long as you live. The young princess, you may be sure, was not long in saying yes to all this. And as they spoke, a gay coach drove up with eight beautiful horses decked with plumes of feathers and a golden harness. And behind the coach rode the prince's servant, faithful Henrich, who had bewailed the misfortunes of his dear master during his enchantment so long and so bitterly that his heart had well nigh burst. They then took leave of the king and got into the coach with eight horses, and all set out, full of joy and merriment, for the prince's kingdom which they reached safely. And there they lived happily a great many years. Thank you for joining Freya's Fairy Tales. Be sure to come back next week for P.S. Nail's journey to holding her own fairy tale in her hands, and to hear one of her favorite fairy tales.